You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much. Not all those who wonder are lost. It's dangerous business, Frodo, going out your door. You step onto the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to. Bilbo Baggins Journeys in Middle-Earth is a fully cooperative board game of fantasy and adventure for one to five players. You and your friends take roles of heroic characters from J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings, traveling through Middle-Earth to battle villainous foes, make courageous choices, and fight against the evil that threatens the land. With an immersive campaign featuring branching narratives, multiple side quests, and a procedural map generation system, Journeys in Middle-Earth is a continually surprising and highly replayable. Though the game's interwoven scenarios, you'll work together to unravel mysteries, fight enemies, and further the story as you protect Middle-Earth from encroaching darkness. Adventure awaits only those who are bold enough to seek it. Gather your friends, pack your bags, and find your fortunes in the journeys in Middle-Earth. Welcome to Tabletop Arcanum. We're your hosts, Justin and Ricky. And today we're going to take you on a journey in Middle-Earth. We're talking about the Lord of the Rings Journey in Middle-Earth, uh, released by Fantasy Flight Games. We've been able to play through this we have been able to moderately enjoy it it's it's been pretty fun um uh, so before anything of course we've got our hoover recap so i'm gonna take it away this time okay go mostly for it. because a lot of the games that i played this time we played together so unfortunately i'm stealing them from you justin <gasps> okay i'm sorry uh so to start off i did play Harry Potter, you know, went deep on the HP. Uh, we did also play some Ticket to Ride and Sorrow, original Sorrow. Mm. Uh, but, of course, we also played Betrayal Legacy. We, Me and Justin have been playing that for, I want to say, like six, seven months now. Well, uh, probably only about six months. No, about five months, because we started in January. Mm-hmm. Um Specifically, the game, we had it in November, but with the holidays and scheduling people's times, it was a little bit easier just to like, okay, let's lock in a date early January and start the uh, legacy story there. And uh, we're, we we went through two games on Sunday. Three. Oh, we did go through, we went through three games on Sunday, Mm -hmm. which means we just have two more left until we're done with the campaign. I don't know if I'm sad, if I'm happy. I'm enjoying it so far. The story's been great, and um, for our listeners, we have recorded every session. Uh, once we've concluded the campaign, I will be editing it all together in episodic chunks um, and releasing those as side content for for all of you to listen. Definitely with a heavy spoiler warning loaded in front. Um, audio is rough because we have snacks, mm. drinks, and, and and really didn't want to bog down the game itself with recording aspects of it. Just wanted mm. to capture the audio of us talking through everything and enjoying it. 
And now uh, we also have to put out the other warning that, as you've seen, the quality of our podcast improved due to us getting new equipment. We started playing this when we only shared one mic yep. and have slowly added more and more mics. So later on, it sounds relatively decent. Early on, we apologize. But I apologize for all of it. Yeah. Uh, Most, that, mostly because of the table noise. There's a lot of snackage that yeah. we do. Oh, yeah. I'm always snacking. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I haven't played it too, too much. Wow. Um, well, other than Lord of the Rings. And Lord of the Rings. I yeah. apologize, yes. In preparation for this review, but typically when we do the review, we kind of drop off the fact that we played this the game that we talked about you know, mm-hmm. a bunch of times to yeah. sample it. So since last episode, I had told everybody that I was going to do the um, Arkham Horror Forgotten Age next scenario, get to the next thing that we were actually going to be like aliens and it was going to be cool. We totally died. And not like nicely, like woke up in an insane asylum and they're like, you're crazy. And we're like, what? And investigators lose the game. Campaign is over. The end. Didn't even make it to the final two scenarios. Well, isn't that fun? So, uh, the bi-weekly LCG night for co-op games is coming up again tomorrow, which means... We're starting a new campaign. Brand new, fresh. Yep. So we'll have to be fun with that. But it, yeah, it was definitely a really cool scenario. We just did really bad at it. So the game punished us appropriately. Uh, after that, um, work had some charity games going on. So I was conversed into a game of LCR or PTO and ended up winning. Like an 18 count game oh. of LCR. Nice. So chucking dice and with just pure luck, one. Because that's how that game works. Yeah. Um, started the preseason for Blood Bowl at our local friendly gaming shop. So got a uh, preseason match in with a uh, friend who's also in the league. That is not you, Ricky. It's not me. Unfortunately, I had to drop out of the league. Only because for the next two months, I'm not busy yeah i'm not in illinois for most of it yeah it's fair um played some more sherlock holmes consulting detective got through another scenario of that um it's a lot of fun it's a little choose your own adventure and if you struggle with trying to beat sherlock you're not gonna have a good time just do the best you can try to figure out the mystery with the group that you have and if you happen to know enough then you win and you do well. We at least figured out kind of what was going on. Some of the size stuff we didn't know. But it was also like we had followed enough leads where we knew Sherlock had already figured it out by the time we did. Because he's that good. That uh, we're like, okay, let's call it. Let's see what we know. And we did okay. Uh, let's see. After that, uh, I got into the app beta for Terraforming Mars. For tablets and smartphones. So Terraforming Mars board game got translated onto Steam. So you can play it on PC. And it's pretty much a one-to-one translation. They've now put out the app for your smart devices. And it's still pretty much one-to-one translation of 
Terraforming Mars. So oh, beautiful. Nothing new or exciting about it, other than the fact it keeps your you know, all the bits and pieces. And if you sneeze, um, your board doesn't have pieces everywhere, because that was one of the problems of the game. Is you get these little resource cubes on a flat play mat with no ridges or anything on it, so you bump it. Ah. And yeah. then you have to kind of scramble and figure out what where everything was, maybe, if you're lucky. Uh, learned learning a game called Orbis, kind of a tile tile grabbing points salad sort of game. Different tiles, you kind of build a pyramid out of them and then score points based on what you've gathered at the end, with some rules of what you can build. Some uh, then before the betrayal night, we had some friends over and played uh, the choose your own adventure adventure. House of Danger game. All five chapters of that. That is a lot of fun. It is the fun of your choose your own adventure, but in bite-sized settings. And like you, you start outside the house, and your first chapter is to get into the house. So choice here, choice there. Um, something you are you give random tests. So you get like a d6. You chuck it as long mm. depending on where you are on the difficulty track. That goes up when you screw things up is kind of what threshold you need normally it's like okay i need a three or higher okay we screwed up enough now we need like a four or five or higher so a lot of fun there and the nice thing about it is we played all of it start to finish in one sitting it did take a couple hours to go through it all they say it's about an hour per chapter but you can go faster than that as long as you, you know, stay on topic, which is a little bit different than Legacy of Dragonholt, which is the other game I know that is a big choose-your-own-adventure. Legacy of Dragonholt is more like a D&D campaign in a box, where this is a choose-your-own-adventure book with game mechanics attached to it that you play as a group. So you can get through that in one sitting. Legacy of Dragonholt, you, each story arc is a lot longer, so it takes a little bit more to get through. And then, like you said, Ricky, Betrayal Legacy. Lots of Betrayal Legacy. Lots of Betrayal Legacy. So, that was a lot of fun. And then, played Lord of the Rings. I've done the first couple scenarios of a handful of times now, trying to get some of that permutations and differences and kind of seeing how it does on different campaigns with different characters and testing the different characters out. And then I've gone through at least one full campaign with it, too, to make sure, get through the end, see where our, how the story kind of unfolds a little bit. So, do we have any news? News? Uh, for news, we did have uh, the Spiel nominations come out. Nice. So, we do have Just One by Ludwig Rowdy and Bruno Sauter uh, from Restful's Production. Llama by Rainer Kisnia from Amigo and Werewood Where Word Where Words Where Words Yes Where Words My apologies Where Words by Ted Alspach from Bezier Games So we do have mm-hmm. those three um, as contenders uh, of course 
There can only be one. There can only be one. I mean, there is just one, but hopefully that's not going to be the reason they get picked. Mm-hmm. I would love to at some point actually take a look into these games, get a feel for them, everything like that. Um, but other than that, and news. Uh, Outer we... Rim, Star Wars, Outer Rim. Oh, June 13th. Comes out June 13th. I actually put like a street date listed on that. Um, wave four for X-Wing, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Was that the Naboo? Naboo Starfighter is part of that. Um, mm-hmm. The hy- Hyena Bomber for separate. Like there's a, there's a bunch of ships. Yeah. Coming with that one because it's like six of them, I think. Um, that'll be June 6th. So mm-hmm. it's a week before Star Wars uh, Outer Rim. And then there's also... Um, they did just announce some of the stuff for Fantasy Flight Star Wars role-playing game. Um, they have some more source books coming out. A weapons book. A weapons book. Weapons and tech or mm-hmm. gear book is coming. That's going to be a universe across the systems. But in Justin and Ricky news, we got our tickets for our events for Gen Con. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sunday that went up. We did that right before uh, playing our Games of Betrayal. Yep. Which means we had a pretty be- busy Sunday. Not only signed up for everything for Gen Con, but also played three Games of Betrayal. Um, we are excited. Um, yeah. We were pretty much doing a lot of the same stuff. I know you signed up for a pandemic um, tournament. Pandemic survival tournament. Um teams of two are entering into this so one of my other buddies and myself are pretty good at pandemic we've played through all of season one legacy we've played a lot so we've played a lot we kind of work off each other really well and we're going to try our hand at it and essentially the idea is all the teams have the exact same setup so the infected city deck the player deck like all of it is the same so it's really player choices that are going to impact it's not going to be that you just lucked out and got everything right in a row. It's right. Everyone's going to get faced with everything exactly the same at the exact same time. At least to start with is what it sounds like because some player actions will adjust those decks a little yeah. bit. And I feel like that's where the variance is going to come in. But at least starting out, everybody's in the same boat. Mm-hmm. Um, so one deck is not going to get super slammed, super right easy away. and the other one's going to be super hard. And that's just random luck because that that is how pandemic can be. Um, we are both in for Arkham Horror, mm-hmm. um, Arkham Horror, Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings, um, Pathfinder 2.0. We both picked up the grab and play pass. Right. So the Gen Con library game library uh, will have access to that. You do have to pay for that. But um, it's open 24. If you get the weekend pass, you have pretty much like 24-7 access for four days. Yeah. And that the neat thing about it is that's all in Lucas Oil Stadium on this field. So you walk out onto the field, everything, everything's got like the can, uh, concert mats down. So it's not like you walk on grass field. Mm-hmm. But they have it all laid out. So you're literally playing in the dome at Lucas Oil, which is kind of a cool experience. Pretty All hyped about itself. that. And then, of course, Fantasy Flight and Flight Report. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were set. 
we're going to we'll be doing a bunch of stuff and having a good old time and bringing our equipment with us so that we can get some accurate recaps so we don't forget anything. I'm very forgetful, especially when I'm overly excited. Uh, other news is June 1st is International Tabletop Day. So make sure to mark your calendars off, play games, play more games, play games. And then June 15th is Free RPG Day, so a lot of local stores will be setting up events for that as well. Um, if the store, there's a, a kit that they can buy into, which comes with a, a various different modules and stuff that uh, are accessible to players to come in, take a look at. A lot of stores, uh, including our own local friendly gaming store, will be having uh, people DMing, uh, myself included, so people can come in, learn a game, just play a game, and have some fun. Yeah. That's really what it's going to be. I'll be personally uh, running the brand new Starfinder beginner box so that people can get that uh, taste for Starfinder right away. And the nice thing is it's all pre-gen characters, <coughs> rules taught at the table. Like, the whole game box is designed to get up and go even if you don't know how to GM. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be cool. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we've gotten through our news, you don't have anything for Kickstarter Corner, do you? Uh, let's see, the hostage negotiator uh, campaign ended, successfully funded almost $200,000, so they got almost all their search goals. I think they missed one, um, but they, there's a lot that you can get in that. In that. Um, other things are starting to ship. I know a lot of friends of mine have Scion 2nd Edition starting to show up at their doorsteps now as an RPG. Um, I, I've taken a look at it, some of it myself. Uh, I didn't back it, but there's some really cool stuff with that RPG. And other than that, it's been a little bit on the quiet side. And the um, Kickstarter corner, uh, Call of the Storm is still going live. There's a few more coming up in June. So I want to say probably by our next episode, we might have a little bit more to talk about in there because the June games will have kind of launched. There seems to be a trend of like beginning of the month. Uh, yeah. A lot of campaigns get launched or at the end, very end of the month, like the 25th, 23rd, things get launched too. So yeah. we'll keep an eye open. So without further ado, let's talk about Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle Earth. So this is a big a, box, a big box. And of course, it is made by Fantasy Flight Games. Um, honestly, first reaction to this game. So, MSRP 100 bucks. Mm -hmm. It is an app-driven game in the sense that it was built with the app in mind from cr creation. So you do need to have a, a computer, smart device, laptop, um, a phone. I don't recommend a phone because the screens are typically a little too small. Very tiny. Um, so tablet or bigger would be my personal recommendation. Um, or if you're really fancy, you can, uh, if and you have like a projector or a smart TV, you can load it up on your smart TV it's, mm -hmm. and, and broadcast to that if from your phone or whatever, and then have it up for everybody. So that being said, the app is free. It's like Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition in that sense, where it was built with the app in mind. So it's very interwoven. So opening the box... 
you get a bunch of tiles, which are like your journey map map tiles is what they call them, which is what the scenario is going to build for you to explore with your figures. Your six hero minis, a lot of minis for the enemies, a ton of mini cards. Everything is like mini cards. Um, beyond that, you also get uh, terrain tiles, because on top of the journey map, which we'll talk a little bit more of when we actually dig into the, like what the scenarios are a little bit like, um, there's also a battle map, which is like where your close encounter fights end up going into. So your scenarios will either be on a journey map or battle map, and it bounces between them kind of regularly. So with all of that in mind, you fire up the app, you let it, just like um, Mansions of Madness, you let it know which components you have. So when they come out with expansions, the app will be updated with those expansions that you can say, yes, I own this, no, I don't. And it will know what to incorporate or not. First um, first impressions on this game, um, I do like it. It does feel like Fantasy Flight, the greatest. Uh, I, I heard it described online as Fantasy Flight, the greatest hits. Because they did take a lot of really good mechanics from other games and just kind of threw them into one. Yes. Um, so thing you're like if you've played the Descent, if you've played Imperial Assault, if you've played Mansions of Madness, you're gonna see elements of all three of them kind of smashed into this. They took kind of the good stuff of everything and made a game of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is only one campaign right now at launch which is a i was a little concerned about personally because mansions at least had four scenarios to start with however that campaign can last up to 10 or 12 chapters to complete that story which is really 12 scenarios the only thing you can't do is pick which one to do i did find that to be kind of a little bit of a bummer only because if i find a campaign that i really like or uh, or a chapter that I really like and I want to replay it, kind of get a feel more, a better feel for it. Um, the only way to really do that is save the game and then exit out and play it as if you've never played it. Yep. Um, so that kind of is a little bit of a letdown. I can understand why. They don't want people just going back and repeatedly playing the same thing, trying to get a certain outcome or get certain things. Right. It's um, a branching narrative and it's procedurally generated. So... I've played probably five or six times that very first scenario. The map has been different almost every single time. Some parts have been the similar, some parts are, or, or it's radically different. Mm -hmm. The story element is roughly the same. So, um, mild spoilers on that. Essentially, you're trying to track down what's going on in the area with the characters that you select as heroes and the idea is there's some dark force and nobody knows what's going on quite yet but you get the hint that there's some dark forces at work and then you find some orcs and then you have to figure out where the orcs are holding up that's been consistent with all of them because that's part of the narrative story where they are how to find them that's a little bit more vague other things you find along the way uh, one time I had like a beacon tower that we could light up and do like side stuff with it. And another time that doesn't even exist at all. So like mansions, they put these little search tokens out all over this map. 
as you explore it, as you look around, you can't do it all. You don't have enough actions. You don't have enough turns. So just like mansions, there's that desk that you never checked. There's this bush you never searched. You may have gotten a cool item out of it. You may have just gotten some inspiration, which will help you uh, with your skill checks. Or maybe that was uh, a piece of lore, which will help it upgrade your equipment. And we'll kind of talk about that. But the neat thing I like, the app manages the campaign very well. It makes setup super easy, too. It's kind of like having a friend who's just really, really into the game and is just like, okay, we're flipping this over now. Put this here. Put that there. Okay, you're ready to jump straight into it. I mm -hmm. did appreciate that aspect of it. So when you first load the game, you pick your campaign. There's only one right now. There is a campaign being developed that will be a paid DLC when it comes out, much like Mansions has a couple of those. You don't need to buy any physical components. You just buy buy it through the app, through your app store. There is also a figure box, which will have a couple extra gear cards and titles that you can earn. But it actually has uh, models for kind of the uh, big bad guys that kind of pop up in the story itself. So once you pick your campaign, you pick the difficulty. There's normal, which is already hard enough. And then hard if you don't like yourself. We should also probably mention that this game is uh, one to five players, so you can play by yourself or you can play with, again, four other people. Mm -hmm. um, if you do play by yourself, uh, you will have to play as two characters. Correct. So once you've picked your difficulty, you open up your save slots so you can actually have up to five campaigns mm -hmm. running at the same time. And the thing I like about that, that mansions you only really play one scenario and then you're done with it you don't really have any progression this saves your progression that tells you what experience you've earned between the campaign sessions it tells you what items everybody has what group items the party has so ev before every session you kind of go to like a camp that's where you can upgrade your characters and, and, and really make the game feel like you're playing a story opposed to a series of connected adventures so the big thing is, like you said, it can be solo. Solo means you have to play two characters at once, which is not a problem. I've actually played the game with two players with two characters each. It works very well. You just have to kind of co-manage a little bit what's going on. So there are characters to pick between. Some you have heard of. Others were created by Fantasy Flight to add some diversity to the Lord of the Rings franchise. And this isn't the first time that we've seen one of them. You were telling me that mm -hmm. one of them is already included in the LCG game. Correct. Um, the other one is more than likely. The rumor is the next cycle she may be part of be being put in there because it's another new female character that they've added. Um, but your mainstays, Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, and Bilbo are all available. But then the uh, two female characters uh, is uh, Ber uh, ben uh, Berivor, who is a female ranger, much like Aragorn. And then uh, Elena, who is a elf, much like Legolas. So two humans, two elves, a dwarf, and a hobbit walk into a bar. I have no punchline for this joke, sorry. So once you, just you need a Gandalf the Grey... Uh expansion pack to really kick off that party 
It's true. So you pick your characters. Um, if you're playing solo and you select one person, it won't let you continue until you select a second hero. I really hope someone laughed at my joke I hope by so themselves. Too. A chuckle. <laughs> a guffaw, at least. Okay. And then this is the thing that I loved. And they, you get equipment cards. The character cards themselves will tell you, hey, you know, this is what our recommended equipment is. Like, Gimli is recommended to have a battle axe and ringmail. However, in the app, you can say, I don't want ringmail. Give him a cloak. Or, I don't want a battle axe. Give him a sword. Everyone's equipment is available. The app is smart enough. The cards that you have physically are the limitations. So, like, they're on, you only get one level one sword. So, only one character can have a sword. It will not let you select five swords for five people. So, it's very smart of you are restricted by the components that you have. And the app knows this is the components you have. You can't get a second core game and get two swords. It will only ever let you have one. So once you've picked your equipment out and your heroes out, you create a name for your fellowship, and you're ready to begin. You get a nice story narrative, which is voice acted to start the uh, narrative flow off, much like Mansions of, Mansion, Mansions of Madness. And then you start chapter one, get a little bit narrative of what's going on in the scenario. It will also tell you what type of scenario it is, whether it's a battle map or a journey map. This is also where it's going to tell you if you fail the scenario, the campaign will be over. Um, when you get to the final scenario, it will also tell you this is the final scenario. The campaign will end whether you win or lose, but this is, you know, you're going into the end times here. Once you've loaded into the scenario you pick, you get to pick the roles for the characters. There are, again, um, six roles. So, six characters. Everyone has a suggested role, which is kind of like your class in an RPG. It helps kind of guide you in which one, like... Like Gimli as a guardian. Gimli's very tough. He... This default class that people that is suggests as a guardian is very much about protecting others, soaking a lot of damage. But I'm gonna make him a burglar just because I can. Right. Uh, Legolas is a hunter by natural, and the hunter is a very much um, very flashy, high damage, but he's very squishy. So a lot of high damage, a lot of range, very good like that. But at the same time, you're gonna get hurt fast. Um, there's also Burglar, like you said. That's kind of your sneaky class. Typically, Bilbo's the one that's going to be the Burglar because that's what yeah. hobbits do, apparently. I don't know. They're tiny. They can fit I think they're, I think they're stereotyped as Burglars. I, for the most part, I, from what I've seen of the Shire, it's very much like party central, drinking, smoking, more drinking, and food. I think that's specious, isn't it? I think it's actually, generalizing a species i don't think it's a species i think it's a race so it's actually racism hmm. yeah fair enough hobbits as burglars racism and lord of the rings um other things uh there is the captain that's what aragorn is suggested as the captain's really neat because it they kind of make everyone else around them better uh the musician 
inspires others. They pretty much it's another kind of a support class. Helps other people do get inspired, much like a bard in D and D. Hey, you're awesome. High five, bro. Now you can go do your awesome stuff better. Uh, Pathfinder, which is uh, a Berivor's class. She's actually really interesting because she's about moving and exploring and doing things like that. So, like I said, six classes. It tells you which one it is. Anyone can be anything they want to be, but the cards are limited, so you can only have one burglar in your party. You can have one guardian in your party. You can't have two hunters. Is essentially all it does. Yeah. Now that's where I think it gets really interesting is every scenario you get to repick your class. I was a hunter this scenario. Next scenario I want to be a captain. Perfectly okay. So once you've actually picked the class you actually jump in. It starts telling you what tiles lay out. Gives you explanation of what's going on. And then starts seeding the boards with tokens. Yay. Cool. And then... Everybody gets two actions, just like Arkham, um, just like Mansions of Madness. So if you've played Mansions of Madness, mechanically, this is going to feel very familiar. Um, if you haven't, the Learn to Play guide walks you through pretty well. You don't have much Mansions experience, so how how the Learn to Play guide teach the game to you? Very solid. I mean, it was just a small little. It's a little book. It's a little tiny book. So, I mean, it got you right where you need to be, where right, uh, helped you set everything up, helped explain everything right away. Um, mm-hmm. They did also include the rules reference, just in case you need follow-up on anything in there. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to have something straight for startup, straight for someone who's just trying to jump straight into it. Let's get you playing faster, mm-hmm. and then you can figure out the, the minute rules later. Um, the one thing I do say is that there is a lot of little decks there's no dice in this game your skill checks are actually done by a skill deck that is built your skill deck is built almost all the same way but with slightly different cards so everyone has five basic cards that are in there everyone's everyone gets those five basic there's also a weakness card that everybody gets which is just a dead card in your deck if you've played any deck builder games it's like the nothing happens card it's not good. It's not bad. It's something to draw that does nothing for you. Then each character has their own set of cards that gets added. So Legolas has his to kind of give you the Legolas flavor. Aragorn has his that give him his flavor. Gimli has his, etc. And then your class. Your class grants you three basic cards. And then as you play, you get experience from the scenario. Those, and then you can add more of the other cards from that class in there and what's neat is that's a permanent add so if i buy a hunter card after the first scenario with legolas and scenario two i want to play a guardian for example the card i bought stays part of my deck the three basic ones are swapped out for the other class three basic so you can actually over time build yourself a little bit of a hybrid with it the xp though is class locked so if i earned xp as a hunter that xp is only usable on hunter skills 
component limitations are still there. There's one of every one of those cards. So if I buy, let's say, the, the fourth Hunter card, and you play a Hunter, and you want to buy that card, you can't because it's in my deck. I can sell it back for the same amount of XP. So if it costs me three, I can get that three back. That way it'll, it'll free up the card so you can have it. But only one person ever can have it, no matter who that is. So, very cool in that sense. The other thing that will level up is actually your equipment. So as you explore through the game, you'll get little snippets of lore, background information like this. Maybe it's a historical piece of knowledge that you found in the statue. Maybe you found something like a weakness of the enemy. These are all things that will give you lore points. And as long once you've accumulated enough lore points, your menu will actually glow saying, hey, you can upgrade these items. So you can get the level 1 cloak and turn it into a level 2 all the way up to level 3 once you get enough in the campaign. What I've noticed, playing through the campaign, you get enough XP to get some of the really powerful cards if you keep with the same class. And your equipment will essentially be pretty much level 3 by the end if you're doing pretty well through the campaign. Speaking of doing pretty well, win or lose, for the most part, it will continue the campaign. There are the few that say... That will say, this: if you lose this, you will lose-lose. Yeah. And you cannot continue. But for the most part, um, Scenario 1 builds into Scenario 2. So you're trying to find a stronghold. Scenario 2 takes you onto a battle map to show you that right away. It's once you get into the stronghold. If you did well, you have an advantage going into Scenario 2. If you did not do well in Scenario 1, Scenario 2 is going to be a little bit tougher for you. And it keeps building that narrative for you. It's really neat that way. So, first impressions, that's the overview. Components are your standard Fantasy Flight components. Uh, the models are getting better as they've done more and more things with, like, Legion. I think their their plastic models have been getting better over the years uh, as 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 they've literally been learning more and more about models. For for a board game like a non-tabletop game, these minis actually look very very nice. Um, yeah. they're not, you know, up to the standard of ones that you would buy on a uh sprue and cut out and paint and all that. No. But just as something you would get in a game. Yeah, these are beautiful beautiful minis mm -hmm. thoroughly enjoyed them their 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 sculpts are pretty good i would say it's no like cool mini or not does better sculpts but that's kind of what they've built their program on mm -hmm. uh, and like you said the ones that you build like gw models and that you have to sprue glue clip paint yeah those yeah. these are not going to be that that's level their of bread quality. and butter but these are but coming from a company that 10 years ago, everything was a cardboard standee for, for the most part, they're great. Um, now, the one thing I will say that I, I kind of wish it was included in this game is in the rules reference, there's no images of the monsters. The app will tell you, put an orc scout out, and then you'll see a little image, and you kind of make out the fact that the orc scout has a bow, but you're not 100% sure. So you're looking at these minis going, I think this is it. And then you realize after it's been out on the board for like two turns, like, no, that's not it. Yeah, and when you suggested using something other than a phone, 
to that'll help yeah because i used my phone and you yeah did. it was it was rough so i just kind of threw whatever out there you knew the groups yeah so, so you can you can survive but there's some maps that use a lot of monsters because it's like oh boy we've stumbled into like their camp yeah whoops and you kind of want to make sure those are separated pretty well um it does an okay job with that the combat i love so when you make a skill test we were talking about the skill deck you you flip over the number of cards equal to whatever skill you're using so if it's an agility or a might skill your character sheet's going to say it obviously legolas is a, a ranger you know bow elf he has a great agility so he flips over more cards you're counting the number of symbols on those cards to see how many successes you get it's like rolling a die but one of the things you get to do which you don't get to do with dice is this really cool thing called scout at the start of every turn everybody gets to scout two cards which is for the most part it's usually scout two cards it's scout x technically but you yeah. if it's scout two you flip over the top two cards you look at them you can prepare one of them, which means you put it underneath your character card, and its secondary ability becomes active for you. This is usually sometimes a passive effect that keeps going on, or sometimes it's like, if you're doing this test, you can discard this card to get extra damage. Either way, then you put those cards that you scouted either back on top or bottom of your deck, your choice. And that's what I mean by stacking your, your die roll almost. Like, you can go, okay, I've got a guaranteed success, at least one, on my very next flip, because I know the top card has a success on it. And then you kind of get into the whole, um, is it really worth it for me to put this on the top of my deck? Because mm -hmm. the um, the secondary effect of that card, if there's success on it, it's going to be a... Very powerful secondary yeah. effect. However, once you put that underneath your character sheet... It's kind of stuck there until you use it, and that's a success that's outside of your deck. So your chances of succeeding are now worse because you have this cool ability. Yeah. I love the risk-reward on that. Um, damage is done pretty much like Manchester Madness. Um, you take it. There's both damage and fear. Again, it's like damage and sanity or horror. You take them face up. Sometimes they'll have an effect that says flip them down, or take it. You know, something happens to you, and sometimes they'll stay up, and you'll have a, a a permanent effect. Damage sucks, and it grows. Unlike mansions, um, once you hit your threshold, like Legolas, for example, has how much health? Four, I think. Yes. So once he takes his fourth damage, you have to make what they call a last stand test. So you tell the app, hey, Legolas is taking the last stand. And it's going to ask, is it horror or is it damage? You tell it. If it's, if whatever happened, you take enough and both thresholds are meet, you have to take a last stand for both of those mm. things. And it's a check that you have to make that will get harder over time to see if you die. If you die, the heroes have one more turn until game over for that scenario. If you pass... You essentially rally, you get back on your feet, and you keep going. It's a really cool effect and gives a lot of that Lord of the Rings flavor. These are these are heroes. That being said, I will say that is one of my negatives on this game. 
the tiles personally I feel are very generic I don't know what it is that's just not screaming Lord of the Rings to me other than the characters and the fact that I'm fighting orcs I do like the art on the tiles they're pretty um, they're pretty but there's nothing that really links this to Middle Earth there's the narrative feels, does yes but it feels like a skin it feels like you could have put really anything onto this and mm-hmm. it would have it would have still been a great game don't get me wrong there's no um, iconic locations i think that's exactly, what it is exactly exactly and like, that, that that's exactly it there's no iconic location so there's there's you have the characters that you play are the most iconic things and two of them are ones that were created for fantasy flight games yeah and then you have uh bilbo hanging out with gimli legless Aragorn. True. So, Timeline of when this happens is very vague. Yeah. So it, it's it's again it, it almost feels like a skin. I know it's it's its own thing. They haven't released necessarily something Much exactly of it. like that. Yeah. So um, I did enjoy it, but it it didn't have the full Lord of the Rings feel to it. Now, with the more campaigns coming out or whatever expansions they may put out, Mm -hmm. they could really really bring it around home and and really put you into Middle middle Earth. But right now, you're just kind of aimlessly wandering. So, that's kind of the meat and potatoes of this game. You go through the campaign, everything's saved. So, if you start a campaign with one group, you can start a new save slot, and I love the fact that I can have two campaigns saved on my device at the same time. You can have up to five, actually. But by doing that, I can have a couple groups that I'm playing with, with my copy, and I don't have to remember or notate or write down who bought what equipment, who has this. Which, Descent and Imperial Assault, because their apps came as a kind of a tack-on feature, have that issue. You get a little bit of it, but not all of it like this is where it was built with that knowledge going into it. Overall, it's a very enjoyable co-op experience. You get a little bit of dungeon crawl. You get a little bit of a battle map feel. It's it's pretty much like a D&D Lord of the Rings game without a GM because the app tells you the story. The app is the GM, yeah. And and the app just tells you what it is. And that's how I felt with um, Mantis of Madness. Um, I would say even as a solo, it was was fun as a solo because, mm -hmm. not to say, not to make you all think that I don't have friends, but if you don't have friends, it's fun to have someone tell you what to do in a game. Right. But um, it, it was nice that it pretty much was set up to make me feel as if someone was there guiding me through the game um, and being able to actually have it spelled out for me. Right. I didn't have to dig through the rules. Um, I mean, the rules were a good jumping point, but then the moment that you start up the app, it tells you how to lay everything out. Right. Um, setup time, it does a lot of things that uh, Lord of the Rings... Or I'm sorry, that does a lot of things that Mantis of Madness Second Edition did better than First Edition, and like you said earlier, it is kind of the greatest hits version. So one of the things that Mansions did very well is start the scenario. Here's one, two, maybe three tiles. Set those up. Go. 
there's more tiles to explore as you go so you don't have to build the whole map before you get to play you discover the map as you go so we're saying that this is the now that's what i call final uh fine so this is what we call now that's what i call fantasy flight games volume one overall i like the game i do i have some flaws with it um but it has a great table presence it's easy to get into relatively quick to set up play depends on what if you're on a battle map or journey map but you're looking at probably an easy hour or two maybe three the more players you have the longer it's going to take because there's a little bit more Mm -hmm. decision points and group talk that happens and focus can be lost if you're soloing um, you can get it was pretty, pretty quick. You can get yeah. pretty quick, or I've played with two players, and you, you move pretty quickly because, again, you only have it's two, two people talking. You, you have two brains trying yeah. to make decisions, and not necessarily four brains battling it out. I mean, playing solo, you had my brain, so it's kind of like the hamster wheel. It was spinning. Yeah, but the hamster had fallen out. Yeah. Years ago. Yeah. The wheel just kind of kept rolling. Yeah, it's it was greased pretty well. Yeah. I kind of won it, but. Yeah, it was it was nice to be able to okay. have that kind of game where multiple characters come in. Because sometimes with role-playing games, games mm-hmm. where you have like a story going on, people get easily distracted when it's not their turn. Right. So, so I would recommend this for people who are high on narrative games. If you like... I would suggest this for people getting into narrative games. Yeah. Because it's it's a, a nice easy step into it. It's a great co-op game. Mm-hmm. Um, the other piece I would say is, don't be afraid of the app part of it. It's it's very seamless and integrated. I know it splits the community of like I don't want my tech with my board games because I want more analog experience, and I understand that. You know, you don't want your uh, chocolate with your peanut butter sometimes, but Reese's Pieces are still delicious. Very much so. Trust me, I know. So I would say if you're hesitant, maybe, you know, find find a local store that might have a demo copy that you can can test out. The Mm -hmm. app is absolutely free. If you don't want to buy expansions, don't. Mm -hmm. Um, And if it's anything like mansions and... Um, Descent they will be releasing more digital content so the game's only going to get more and more replayable as time goes on because you're going to have more campaigns to choose what they might end up doing and I know they did this with uh, Descent Descent had started with a mini campaign where it was only a couple scenarios long and then they released a full length campaign later this is a full length campaign I feel with 12 missions attached to it so they may release a short campaign later to, to kind of balance it out. So if you don't want to go full deep in and to get to an end of a story, there'll be smaller bite-sized chunks later. Some of it was free, some of it's paid. Um, it's only been like 5 bucks US for, for buying the DLC, so it's been reasonably priced. Um, and then when they start doing more tile packs, especially with mansions... When you got more tiles, the maps get crazier because it starts incorporating more and more and more of it. And 
if they do the expansions like mansions, great. Your next tile expansion is not only going to have a campaign attached to it for playing with that particular tile set, but it's going to give you more characters and more um, villains and enemies and all sorts of good stuff. So it'll get better as time goes on, and it's a great starting point where it is. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, if you don't like the fact that dice are in the game... Aren't in the game? Aren't in the game. If you don't like the fact that dice are not part of your skill check... I still suggest give it a go, but I understand that was a pain point for people as well. I found it very enjoyable. The one thing I will say, mm, I've said a couple negative things. It doesn't feel, when you look at the box and components and have it all spread out on the table, it doesn't feel like it's a $100 game. Remember that the app is there and it costs money to develop an app. And there's a 12 scenario app or 12 scenario campaign waiting for you. So there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff you're not seeing that helps justify some of that cost. Arguably, I kind of looked at it and went this is two thirds of what Twilight Imperium 4th edition is and I don't have two thirds of what Twilight Imperium 3rd edition or 4th edition has out on the table. Just, just just, an observation I had, but Twilight Imperium doesn't have an app. So, yeah. But, yeah, at the same time, I've bought plenty of games for way less that came with significantly less. So, true, true. Um, don't, don't go in expecting it, expecting it to be two-thirds of Twilight Imperium. You're going to be disappointed, but just understand that... Uh, I have re- unreasonable expectations yeah. of most things in my life. Yeah. It's it's um for the money, especially with the app. Um, I'm always worried personally about um, longevity of things like apps or anything digital, mm-hmm. because yeah, Fantasy Flight goes out of business for one reason or another. Don't see that happening anytime soon. Or if they just stop supporting it, who knows? Right. Ten, five, ten years down the line, there will be a point that. Yes, the game may become obsolete, so that risk is out there. However, all the games that have required an, required an app, they've kept up with. Yeah. And that continues with Matches of Madness, Descent, Imperial Assault, and XCOM. The other thing, too, um, they at least offer the app through the computer. So even yes. if it can't keep up with your phone or anything... You can't get it are, on Steam. Yeah. If you have to find someone later on, download some sort of uh, emulator, emulator device. Yeah. There are ways that you'll still be able to play it. This is a game that I would imagine uh, the community will keep around for quite a while. So with all that being said, we do have some fun things to announce. So our local friendly gaming store, Lindsay's Gamer Garrison, is going to sponsor a giveaway of Lord of the Rings for us. So we will be releasing information online on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of them you can find at Tabletop Arcanum. Uh, we'll we'll put the links in the show notes and all the other fun stuff there. Um, 
and that's lindsaysgarrison.com if you want to check out their website um, and see what they have because they actually have uh, their inventory online as well so if, no matter where you are yeah and they have something in stock that you want grab it and we'll vouch for for them they they've done us right so many times they they're a great friendly local gaming store so uh, we're really happy to be teaming up with them for this giveaway yep so happy rolling happy listening it's aragon no you know what i'm talking about no you know what i'm talking about talking about no that's a bad joke they were both bad jokes fly you fools You've been listening to Tabletop Arcanum, hosted by Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, and featuring the original music by Paul Moore and Isaac Gilbert. You can follow us on most social media platforms. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. As always, thanks for listening.